First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome back to Global Supply Chain Week, our Automotive Day. I'm joined uh, for this section by Craig Knight, who is the CEO of Hyzon Motors. Hyzon is a sort of a startup, but more of a spin-out of a company called Horizon Fuel Cell Technologies out of Singapore. And uh, so Hyzon itself is a relative newcomer, certainly relatively new to the U.S., but uh, we are happy to be able to talk with Craig. Uh, about the business of fuel cells and what we call the democratization, because they are catching on now without doubt. We don't know that they're not 10 years away, but Craig would probably tell us they're not because he's been making, you know, tens of thousands of them. But uh, anyway, I want to welcome Craig. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Listen, I think we probably, before we get into supply chain things, I think we've got to do a little bit of a level set for the audience in terms of just how uh, Hyzon Motors fits from a from a spinoff and then also, you know, recently going through the uh, special purpose acquisition company SPAC experience and that sort of thing. I think we need to kind of have an understanding of how the business is set up. Can you can you do that for us, Greg? Sure, I can do that. So uh, I'll just give a little bit of historical context and then talk a little bit about uh, our mission, if you like. So uh, we set up Hyzen Motors as a new business, uh, as like a downstream uh, application business, so technology carve out, if you like, from the parent company. And the parent company has spent almost two decades developing fuel cell technology and fuel cell applications. So we have chosen to set up this new business in commercial mobility because the opportunity for the core fuel cell technology that I've been involved with for, for uh, almost 20 years uh, is really very significant. So we believe that we can have a very significant impact on these pretty challenging to abate sectors that contribute a lot of emissions, and that's heavy trucking, um, very busy city buses, you know, very high utilization, you know, delivery trucks, concrete trucks, refuse collection vehicles, that sort of thing. So we're really going after some of these vehicle um, scenarios that are very difficult to take off diesel, frankly, because they're frequently two or more driver shifts in a day. And um, it's just very difficult to find an alternative to be able to um, make these vehicles zero emission. But that's exactly what we're doing with Hazard Motors. So we we kind of encapsulate that that um, objective as accelerating the energy transition in commercial mobility. So so your ambitions are are truly global. I mean, you you, you come out of Asia for as you said, you were one of the co-founders of of Horizon back in two thousand and three, and you know one of the first things that we've seen. Uh, not the first thing at all, of course, but one of the more recent things we've seen is the plan to sort of take fuel cells into trucking in New Zealand. Is that the right kind of place to essentially geofence an autonomous truck network? Ah, autonomous truck network. You didn't take very long to get to that question, did you? 
<laughs> we'll oh, talk sorry. a little bit about autonomy in a moment. But first of all, let's uh, take a step back to that first part of the question around uh, the kind of global nature of this 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 business, if you like. Um, firstly, it's a global need. So what we're responding to is this increasingly urgent mandate that major corporations and governments have around the world to decarbonize activities, frankly. So even though we are, as you rightly pointed out, a young company uh, within Hyzon, uh, we have this deep experience in hydrogen and we also have a strong global network. So we were able to leverage uh, our networks and our experience to set out a, a path and start executing around some commercial activities for Hyzon Motors right from the outset. So if you like, we started a global business from day one. So consequently, we have uh, customers in Australia, in New Zealand, as you rightly said, also in Scotland and in Germany and in the Netherlands. Um, in fact, this, um, this reality of having emanated from Asia, it's a reflection on the rate at which hydrogen has been adopted around the world. There was really a first wave of hydrogen uh, adoption and investment around hydrogen that was China, Japan and Korea. Now, Japan and Korea were a bit more focused on the passenger car applications, but China in the last five years or so has been squarely focused on heavier vehicles in urban settings, which contribute substantially to pollution problems. So we were able through the parent company to gain a lot of experience in truck and bus applications, especially trucks. Um, so Horizon has worked mostly on fuel cell powertrains for trucks in the last three or four years. So when we looked at the opportunity to globalize that, that's really what we sought to do by going downstream and creating Horizon Motors. Sorry, Al. No, no, that's okay. And I, and I actually misspoke, to be honest with you. I wasn't trying to trick you on autonomous. I just misspoke. I meant to say fuel cell geofencing, because really when you think about it and what we hear so much of in terms of trucking and things like that is is sort of repeatable routes and things that you know happen uh, again and again, may they're dedicated routes. And a lot of that has to do with, with fueling, quite honestly. Um, you have an interesting approach to fueling, though, and I, and I think you need to explain it, which is basically that's the customer's issue. Uh, not quite. <laughs> We're here to help. We're here to help our customers make this transition. <laughs> Um, firstly, I'll just touch on the autonomy for a second um, before we push it to the side. Uh, we did recently make an announcement about a collaboration with a company out of the UK called AI Drivers, and they're a company that's got uh, quite a few activities in port operations around the world with fully autonomous vehicles. However, they were fully autonomous ICE vehicles. Um, now what we're doing with them is uh, preparing to deploy in the next 12 months or so the world's first fully autonomous fully zero emission vehicles uh, in, in ports. So that's actually a pretty exciting development, but full autonomy, as you know, is a challenge on public roads, but it's much easier in a closed environment like a, like a port. And there are a lot of vehicles moving in ports. So uh, we're excited to have our first fully autonomous uh, fuel cell trucks here in the next, yeah, I'd say 12 to 15 months, certainly. Yeah. That, that, so that's that would one be good. thing. I mean, Yep. We've seen we've seen some of the autonomous uh, activity uh, from Volvo with the the, the um, um, I won't call it Lara, but it's not Lara. It's a, a different name. It's another woman's name. But basically, you know, they have sort of the the, the driverless version, and it's a, sort of a tow vehicle, I guess, of sorts. But it's yeah. it's driven that way. I want to get I want to stay though with fuel cells with you because that's obviously where you yeah. know your business. Can we is go at. back to the fueling question? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. So. Uh, in fact, 
what you've just inferred uh, in terms of us, you know, leaving the hydrogen to the customers, <laughs> this is actually how we're starting the process uh, of deploying vehicles. So we call these early seed sales or, you know, these early validation sales. That's what we call them. So when you sell a few vehicles for the customer to kind of try the technology and make sure that they accept the way that the vehicles operate and the way that they interact with the vehicles and all the rest of it. And the performance is, is as promised. So these validation sales, actually in most parts of the world, they're happening uh, in a scenario where the customer's already addressed the hydrogen availability issue or the hydrogen is already available to the customer. So for a lot of these early sales in the next 12 to 18 months, especially those deliveries are being made to customers that have kind of taken care of the hydrogen supply side. We do believe in the coming few years, as you go from those small volume validation sales and you start look at kind of scaling into fleet, um, you know, fleet operation to really validate the technology as part of your, as a meaningful part of your fleet, you really start to get to a situation where um, where Heisel Motors will be more active in helping the customer solve the hydrogen supply challenge because you need to start accessing significant quantities of hydrogen and you'll start um, establishing substantial demand centers around fleet operations. So with substantial demand on hydrogen in a given location, this encourages and justifies investment in hydrogen production and availability in that location. So we're actually working with quite a few partners on the production and supply of hydrogen for the fleet operators to support uh, the scaling up that will occur after the validation phase. Right. Well, uh, in your New Zealand announcement, you mentioned that, is it Haringa? Is that how you say it? Haringa. Yeah, that's the partner partner in New Zealand. Yeah, that they're actually going to develop the the hydrogen network, fueling network. And that's that's kind of where I got my question from. Uh, yeah, so that that is a very close partnership, though. It's not as if um, it's not as if they said we just need some trucks. We've taken we've we've taken care of the hydrogen. I mean, we yeah, it's a weekly interaction with those guys for a long time. Uh, so it's it's a pretty close partnership, and there you know there'll be more information coming about exactly how we partner to enable the the match of hydrogen demand and hydrogen supply together with Hiringa. You know, New Zealand is a place, it seems, I've never been, uh, but it, it seems to be the kind of place where you could do something like this with, you know, I, I mean, they're islands, right? And so hmm. you're going to reach the end of them at some point. And, uh, you know, it's not like the U.S., which you're obviously now getting used to, where the roads go on forever and ever. Um, is it is it a really ideal place to try this uh, approach? It's actually an ideal place to scale it substantially. You can try it anywhere, but if you think about an ideal place to actually substantially replace the uh, combustion engine, you know, heavy vehicles, it's a very attractive place to do that. And um, I think even in our announcement, we alluded to the fact that, uh, you know, we can cover a lot of New Zealand um, in terms of reach uh, for the vehicles with, with infrastructure that is going to be built Uh, here in the next two years. We're not talking about infrastructure that takes 10 years to build out. And that is, as you say, a function of the nature of the place itself. So in fact, the North Island, we can cover all commercial vehicle movement uh, in the North Island, even within the next 12 to 15 months, just with availability that will already be there. And then by the end of 2022, essentially all movements on the South Island too. The South Island is less populated and has some more kind of stretched out locations, take a little longer to get to that point. But on the North Island of New Zealand, 
you'll be able to pick any commercial truck route and it will be catered to with a fuel cell vehicle and a hydrogen station without question within 12 to 15 months. So have you essentially solved the chicken and the egg question as far as, you know, fuel cell trucks need hydrogen, but no, we don't have hydrogen. So what could we possibly do with fuel cell trucks? Are you, have you beat that question? We address that question in two different ways, Alan. The first is finding the partners like Hittinger in a scenario like New Zealand where it really stacks up to immediately go after a viable network. What we always call, spoke to with hearing about is the minimum viable network, right? So the minimum viable network there provides really quite adequate coverage for the North Island as a starting point. But the second way we address it is we focus on heavily on back-to-base fleet operations in the near term. The back-to-base fleet operations mean that you only need one, one point of hydrogen availability for 100 trucks or 200 buses or something like that, right? So um, that's, a, that's a model that really works. And there are a lot of uh, commercial vehicles that operate on a back-to-base. It's usually, the, the figures bandied around that there's usually more than 30% of all heavy vehicles actually function on that kind of a, a mode. And then there are a lot of other vehicles that are functioning on pretty predictable point-to-point type logistics and interacting with intermodal facilities and all that sort of thing. So a very substantial portion uh, of, of trucks are serviceable without having a national network of hydrogen, but rather having hydrogen close to the point of that, you know, close to the base of that that hub of activity or that kind of star, you know, if you like. Um, you, they emanate out from a point and come back. So so you can you can have hydrogen in a central location and do a lot of um, a, a lot of good work. And then of course when you have a viable hub of activity like that, and it's located within two or 300 miles of another viable hub. Well, of course, you've got point-to-point fueling already, right? And with with a handful of viable point-to-point fueling scenarios, you're already building a network. The network will occur all on its own. Right. The the uh, the idea of, of back-to-base is, is interesting because uh, recently uh, one of the competitors in the U.S. put together, I think, four partners and said, you know, they were going to use a, a mobile hydrogen refueling. It was not going to be green hydrogen. It was probably gray at, at best, and the idea was they would they would sort of truck hydrogen to the to the needed place. Um, do you see any place in, along the supply chain for hydrogen where something like that makes sense? Look, our view is that hydrogen is kind of the ultimate localizing force. It's really very difficult to move economically. Um, moving liquid fossil fuels is fairly efficient from a cost structure standpoint. Hydrogen is not like that at all. So a tanker that that might carry, um, you know, 25,000 litres or, you know, 6,000 gallons uh, of, of a fossil fuel, liquid fossil fuel, a diesel or, or a gasoline, the same tanker can only cut, you know, 500 kilograms you know, of hydrogen, you know, 1,000 pounds. So it's just not the same kind of a um, bang for your buck in terms of logistics costs for the fuel value. Now, hydrogen's more efficient in the vehicle than diesel by a kilogram or litre or pound or gallon, whatever, but but still, that's such a huge differential in, in the energy density uh, of the fuel being moved that it makes the cost structures really challenging. Mm-hmm. So... In our view, it makes sense to make hydrogen as close to the point of consumption 
as humanly possible. You have a partnership strategy that I'd like you to talk about. Uh, that is partners pretty much on everything except maybe the core fuel cell work, the stack work, and that sort of thing. Uh, this seems to be the way you're going to market. Um, you know, both in terms of you know truck builds and things like that. Can you talk about partnership model? Yeah, but that's really important, Alan. So um, I'm not sure that our, you know growing team of engineers would think we don't do anything besides build fuel cells. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes into, um, you know, engineering the uh, the complete vehicle solution, but I'll, I'll describe it for you. So you're right that the heart of a commercial vehicle is the engine. And naturally, in a fuel cell electric truck or a fuel cell electric bus, uh, um, the that, that heart, that engine is a fuel cell. So clearly, the very important um, component or the most important component in a commercial vehicle powered by hydrogen is the fuel cell itself. And that is indeed our core technology focus. Um, however, it's also very important how the power gets from that fuel cell. So it's it, the power is generated in the fuel cell through the conversion of the, the hydrogen. It's uh, obviously a, a static conversion. There's no burning involved. How that power gets to the wheels, if you like, that's also incredibly important. So just as nearly as important as the work that goes on to develop and build our fuel cell systems is the work that goes on to design and 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 um, manage that entire process of assembly and all the rest of it for the holistic vehicle systems. And this includes all of the controls, our ability to access the data remotely in terms of the operation of the vehicle, the efficiency with which the electric motors and the the um, regen braking or work, et cetera. So there's a lot of vehicle level control and integration and design that occurs. And then we do, as you say correctly, um, we do partner on the manufacturing of the, the vehicle platform, such as the chassis, the cab chassis setups. You know, we like to buy glider kits and fit them out with our fuel cell system and our drive system. Uh, and we believe that that's an efficient way to get vehicles to the market. And we can use existing capacity in you know, production of cabs and chassis and the production of electric motors with, with vendor partners and the production capacity that's being built in hydrogen storage and all that sort of thing. So we tap into those kind of vendors, but we very much focus on the fuel cell system and how the fuel cell system gets its power to the wheels, if you like, and, and the, 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 the efficiency and the nature of that entire operation and the reason why we are we are we feel comfortable and confident in putting a partnership model around this is because really it's the core fuel cell and the design of the entire vehicle running on the electric system that determines the performance of the vehicle the fuel efficiency of the vehicle and the durability and therefore how many miles you can get out of it how many miles you're going to get from that vehicle and those are the fundamentally most important things in a trucking application how reliable is it? How powerful is it? And how long is it going to last? And how efficient is it in terms of converting the fuel into, you know, um, dollar ton mile kind of equations? Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Right, right. I, I want to get you out of here on this one. Um, you announced very recently that uh, you're already expanding in uh, upstate New York and Rochester, Honeyway Falls. Uh, I have to mention for the audience that it's it's not ironic, but it's actually quite uh, helpful that you took over the former General Motors fuel cell headquarters in Honeyway Falls. Uh, and purchased that. Yeah, we took buy. over some labs. We didn't really take over the whole, you know, the whole buildings or anything. <laughs> well, but yeah, we took over the labs from the former General Motors research facility. Right. That's right. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. But now you're you're already talking expansion. That perhaps a hundred new jobs and uh, seven eight thousand square feet, um, right there in in uh, in the Honeyway yeah. Falls area. Um, yes. That speaks to confidence. Just finish us up on that, will you? <sighs> sure. So yeah, we we're uh, fortunate that we were able to. Um, to move in and, and you know refurbish and equip the former General Motors fuel cell labs in the Honeyway Falls area because there's a lot of infrastructure in these labs, right? And so we were able to you know refurbish and recertify these labs with all the hydrogen equipment and so on. And we we're doing you know testing and engineering in those labs now. But we also needed a very sizable production area because we don't only have to build fuel cells; we need to do prototyping of uh, of trucks and so on because even though we're we, we have a partnership model on manufacturing at scale we still need to develop the vehicle level systems we still need to build the the vehicle prototypes the working prototypes that go through a lot of validation and testing and so on before we're able to outsource an assembly process uh, to a partner like fontaine modification which is which is our assembly partner here in the u.s that's sure. a group owned by Berkshire Hathaway. They've got lots of plants scattered around the country. Your listeners probably know them well enough. Um, so, but before we issue work instructions and assembly, you know, kits, uh, we have to get it right. And we, we're doing that kind of prototyping here in, in the Rochester area as well. So, sure. in fact, the new facility, which we're just refurbishing now, um, is going to be set up not only for fuel cell production, and fuel cell system production, which kind of turns the core fuel cell module into more of like a recognizable engine replacement, but also hydrogen systems, you know, doing this small scale truck integration and, and testing, that, that's happening here as well. So definitely we need we needed a pretty good sized space and we found a terrific building, which we were able to, uh, to secure late last year. And just, as I said, just refurbishing now and, and getting ready to be working in that building here uh, in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm going to uh, close this out with with something that comes up a lot when we talk about electrification, fuel cells, and things like that. And that is that um, you know you, your timing seems extraordinary. You you came here uh, in you know uh, purchased the labs back in July of last year, but now the whole the very quick way that you managed to put together funding through the SPAC that that's such a big area electrification for for the uh, uh, for the blank check companies or the uh, the shell companies if you will um, very quickly tell us how that came together and did you have a lot of suitors or did you talk to a lot of folks what happened there sure so as you know uh, even from our earlier conversation Alan we were considering how best to to bring the kind of uh, capital into the company that we needed so that we've got a strong balance sheet to go and execute to plan because um, we really needed to build facilities, uh, hire the experienced automotive teams, uh, and that's what we've been setting out to do here in the last you know, six to nine months, obviously. Uh, but when we considered the routes to raise capital, um, obviously private investment or traditional IPOs or, or SPACs, you have to 
kind of consider consider the pros and cons of all. And obviously, we spoke with bankers and investors uh, and advisors on all the different fronts. Um, we did speak to a number of uh, potential SPAC partners. We didn't find um, we didn't find a large number of really suitable uh, candidates. We really needed a very the right fit for us. Now, in finding the decarbonisation plus um, SPAC, we felt a very strong fit right from the outset. And uh, basically, almost from the first meeting, it was uh, it was almost a mutual commitment to to really dig into this and see if it you know if it made sense because it just it felt like such a, a positive fit from the beginning. And um, actually, the process has been pretty enjoyable. I mean, pretty taxing as well, uh, just tiring. But um, working with with that group, which is highly professional and organised and very focused on a mandate where they identified an operating business that had a core technology that really could cause a disruption or an acceleration around these energy transition um, kind of um, activities, it's really just been, you know, for us, ideal. So right. we could have done it a different way, yes. Um, are we happy with the way we've, uh, the way it's come together? I would say also yes. Yeah. Well, listen, Craig, thank you so much for your time, for sharing so many uh, specifics with us and, and just helping us understand how the really the democratization of fuel cells, which we probably never really fully defined that, has, has actually come together for Hyzon Motors. Best wishes to you as you move ahead. Thank you very much, Alan.